Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where I interview educators and entrepreneurs on leveling up. Each episode, I zoom in someone who's dope, and we just sit back and have a conversation on what it means to live your best life. Now, if this is your first time checking out the podcast, this is the Mobile University for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Dr. Will. Today's guest is Carmen Kendrick. She doing wonderful things uh, with helping entrepreneurs uh, with their websites and creating that digital footprint. And I wanted to have her on because I myself, you know, my wife and I have our company up. We have a website. And you go to different websites, you see what people are doing, and some are like, and some are like, okay, but I'm just trying to figure out what should a website look like, right? Especially when you're really trying to attract customers. And when people can land on your website via anything, a Google search, a recommendation, what have you, what is it supposed to look like? What should be there? What should people find in order to understand what you bring to the table? So I wanted to have Carmen on to drop some gems so that you could get the 411. And later on in the show, we'll talk about how you can actually work with Carmen. So for those who'll be listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify, will you please introduce yourself, Carmen? Hey, I am Carmen K, and the K is for Kendrick, so I'm Carmen Kendrick, and I'm a web designer and strategist, and I primarily work with um, women-led, uh, minority-owned businesses, service-based businesses at that. And I help them create a website that works from them. Awesome. So I'm always curious as to how people got to where they are. What did you think you would be doing when you were growing up? And what was your why for becoming an entrepreneur? Um, I definitely did not think I would be doing this. I remember um, my high school year, I was trying to figure out like, what did I want to major in for college? And I think I was really into like um, CSI at the time. So I majored in criminal justice. Um, at that time, I was also in the National Guard. I was military police. So I thought I was going to go like the JAG route or just something of that nature, like lawyer or something like that. Um, but then something happened. I believe this was like my sophomore year in college where I started my first business. And I mean, it's not something that I thought of. Oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. It's just something like, hey, I like this thing and I'm going to try it out and try to run a business doing it. So it was never that I wanted to become an entrepreneur, but I just found myself doing it. Hmm. So what does Carmen Kendrick Creative do? And what was your process in learning this gift of yours you could monetize? Yeah, so what I do is I design websites um, and I like to really focus on the strategy behind the website. So of course you want a beautiful website, but at the same time that the website needs to actually help you generate leads and capture customers and just go through that process. And a lot of what I was finding is that websites, they don't do that. They're just very informational and that's it. Um, so I wanted to change that. And I got into this by my very first business, which was um, a, a beauty supply company. And I was selling hair extensions um, with the beauty supply company. And I invested in a website the first time around. But the, um, the back end of the site, it didn't have exactly what I need as far as like order management and everything else. So then I was like, okay, let me find another platform. So I went over to Shopify and I didn't have the funds to keep hiring a web designer. So I had to figure things out myself. So I ended up going through a couple of website platforms. And that's why I finally got it with WordPress. <laughs> I actually had a site that looked good and had all the back end tools that I needed. And then something just clicked, a light bulb went off as they say. 
And I was just like, hey, maybe I can do this for somebody else. And it mm-hmm. kind of just started from there. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. So, and working with your clients, you know, what are some of the emotional barriers that hold people back from becoming successful entrepreneurs? Um, a lot of it is just like failure, thinking they're going to fail. And it's nothing wrong with failing. Um, and also just investing in themselves. Um, a lot of people come into this with the employee mindset. When you're an employee, all you do is you just go to work. If somebody else you know, above you, they worry about keeping the lights on in the building. And so it's like sometimes it's hard for them to step out of that mindset. It's like, hey, I have to invest in myself. But what they don't realize is that when you put gas in your car, you're investing yourself so you can get to work every day. <laughs> so it's just little things like that and mindset change that holds people back from really becoming successful in entrepreneurship. So how do people sort of make that shift, right? Because I've had other people on my podcast and uh, Dr. Robin Jackson mentioned, you know, in, in, in my documentary, The Entrepreneur, that some people don't approach it with an entrepreneurship mindset or they don't create a business. What they really do is own a job. Yes. Right? <laughs> so how does someone understand the difference and move beyond that? Well, I would say if you can, it's very great to have a mentor in your life. I did not have a mentor for this journey that I'm on, but what really helped me was just reading and just being wanted to, to learn everything that I possibly could about the business side of it. Because of course, yeah, I can design a website. That's nothing. But the ultimate thing is this business side of everything. And so I would just read and I still read a lot about everything I can. And so it just took that, just opening my mind up, talking to other people, um, getting into a community of people that understand where you're coming from. And that really helps you to just level up and take your mind to another, um, another place. So what should people really be doing? What would you say is the one thing that they have to do with their websites? Uh, so their website has to be, has some kind of way that they can capture leads. So people are coming mm-hmm. on your website, but they just leave. It's like you walk into a store, you look around, you don't see anything you like and you leave. And those people that run the store, they have no way of figuring out who you are. Maybe you did want something, maybe you didn't, but no one like said, Hey, how can I help you? They just let you look around. So that's the same thing. It goes to your website. Like you need some kind of way to capture leads. And also you need an email marketing system set up. And the reason behind that is because a lot of times we don't, what we sell is not always essential items. Like you need toilet paper. Like there's no second guessing that you go to the store, you want to buy the toilet paper. But for me, for myself, I sell web design services. So um, somebody needs to be warmed up a little bit more before they invest in my service. And that's what the email marketing part of that does. So the website, they get the, um, they get the lead information and then you keep following up with that lead via email marketing. Mm. So I asked you a question about that. There are some websites I think do an amazing job where, you know, I can go on there, I can click on a few things and then, you know, a pop-up will pop up and say, Hey, do you want to learn more? Do you want to download a free PDF of X, Y, and Z? And then, you know, you sign in. So I understand when I do that, I'm going to get an email. I'm going to be a part of email list. Others, as soon as you get to the website, it's like, boom. And it's like, I don't know you, right? I haven't gone <laughs> right. to your website. I hadn't seen anything. You, you even had, look, you haven't tried to romance me with a free PDF, a video, a web webinar. <laughs> I just go to your website and immediately you asking me for my information. When people are looking to do those things, how should they 
approach that so that they do that sort of I'm 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 offering you something to try to you know build that like no one trust versus you know coming off like you're really trying to sell somebody something. Yeah, of course. So there's a lot of ways you can make those pop-ups like where they're not really intrusive and they um they sacrifice the user's um, experience while they're on the website. So there are programs, um, especially WordPress, where they have like little timers. So it knows when someone gets halfway down the page or 80% down the page and then to trigger that pop-up. And then also you don't have to have like the front center pop-up. They can come up from the left-hand side on the bottom where it's very unobtrusive to the person that's viewing the website. Um, but I definitely recommend that. I think the issue comes in where a lot of people use the, um, the email service providers embedded kind of like um, pop-up that comes up. And with those, a lot of times you can't really manage when it shows up. You just want to hit them right in the face when it comes up. So you just want to make sure that you're on a platform that you can kind of customize it if you decide you want to try to get emails that way. So I want to ask you now about sort of the visual look of the website. I'm very terrible at explaining what I want or what I like. I just know that I like something clean and simple. Now, once you create something and you come to me, I can go, no, I don't like that. Can we make changes here or there? But when someone is coming to you, how should they go about sort of communicating with you? how they want their website to look like and how should people start to really think about the, their colors that go with their brand? Yeah, so before I start a project, we do what we call a strategy session. And we're really talking about your customers because the way your website looks is gonna depend on the people that's gonna be viewing your website. Um, so if you're trying to go after a certain type of person, like you don't, um, for example, you're trying to go after the men, but you're using hot pink. And I mean, most men that I know, they're probably not, you know, visually drawn or attracted to something that's hot pink. So we're talking about all of that. Okay, so then once we actually get into the project, I use a Pinterest board, which is <laughs> kind of crazy. But I use a Pinterest board and it has like all type of different web designs um, that someone can kind of just pin to their board. And so I have them pin about five different pins of like websites um, and designs that they like, just, just random things on Pinterest. Then I, I'm, sorry, I'm able to put those things together and actually come up with a, a concept for the website. And before I actually build anything, we do what we call a wireframe, which is kind of like a blueprint, very black and white version, just sketching out what the website looks like. So that way, you know, we can kind of look at things and hopefully using a Pinterest board, I actually got an idea of some of the things that you like. And I'm able to, you know, put that into that wireframe and we can just kind of go back and forth and decide, OK, I don't like that. Let's move this around. But that's how you ensure you get the design that you want and that you can communicate what you need to your designer. And should people be concerned with, you know, some of the, the, the fancy things of a logo or, you know, stuff that the visuals are sort of a high pro priority for them, or should they really be thinking about a website that has the right information where people can look at it, they can find what they need easily and quickly, and it gives them a sense of it, but not overwhelms them with sort of a person's backstory or gives them too much stuff where it's difficult to find what they need. Mm -hmm. The most important, 
important thing is messaging. And I know that we get on sites and we're just kind of blown away by how cool they are, how interactive they are. But for a lot of times, you don't really need all that stuff popping up at you and doing all these crazy things. Like you just want it to be very quick because you don't want to distract them for whatever the goal is of that page. So I would just say that just keep things simple. I mean, you don't have to have that. I mean, if you want to at a later point in time, but you just want to make sure where it's not distracting the viewer and the user from getting to where you need them to be at. And so what is the difference between sort of a traditional website and a landing page? And how should one determine which one they actually need? Okay, so a traditional website is kind of like the basic five pages, home about page, contact, maybe some services thrown in there. It's just kind of like just the basic informational website. Can't get any more simpler than that. A landing page is usually targeted to one thing. So it may be a, a service or a product, and you're just talking about that one thing on that landing page, and it has a goal, whether you want them to buy that product or if you want them to subscribe to a wait list to get notified about it, but it has a very specific purpose. Mm. And so and you can have both. Mm. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, and you can have both. You can have a website, which I do recommend. And you can also have those landing pages um, for your specific products and services. Yeah, because I, I have known some entrepreneurs who have their regular website, but then when they're going to launch something special for either something brand, brand related they're going to be doing or a course they're going to be launching or something else, they'll create a special landing page for each of those projects exactly. that they have going. And that's the best way to go because it just gives a person as much information as possible before they make that decision. So I know we all have kind of been on those very long landing pages. You know, maybe you're feeling like this. That's what it says in the copy. And then it says, you know, do you want to feel like this? <laughs> and this is the actual thing. And these are what people ask before they actually do it. And this is what Marie said and that she loves it, you know. So it just really makes you make a buying decision or helps you make a buying decision, I should say. Mm. So now I want to get into the different types of platforms are available. Uh, we actually have our website on Squarespace and we paid someone to do it. You know, there's Google sites and Wix and Squarespace and WordPress and other platforms that you can use. Which one is better? right for building a hosting website it is is just a matter of a preference or is there really one better than the other one and how important is it to design a website for them for mobile sure so i'm very biased on this i'm a wordpress addict <laughs> um the reason i love wordpress is because like it serves both like the beginners and very advanced hardcore users of wordpress so you can be a total beginner and make a site on WordPress. And what I like about it is that it grows with you. So you'll never get to the point where you'll say, hey, this doesn't do this, I'm not to move the platform. It can be done in WordPress. Even if you can't do it, you can always hire somebody to do it for you. And then with all the free plugins, which add extra functionality to your website, I mean, you can, it's limitless. You can do anything you want with your website. So that's why I really like WordPress. However, if you're just getting started, don't get caught up in that, like which one is the mm -hmm. best. You can always move later on if you find Wix to be easier, if you find Weebly or Squarespace to be easier, just start there. That's the most important thing. And then you have like a second part of that question. I forgot what that was, sorry. Uh, it's about designing for mobile, right? Because a lot of us, you know, a large part of the day you're on a tablet or a phone. And so when you're, you know, 
on traffic. So maybe you're on YouTube and someone says, hey, go to my website or you're on Twitter and it pops up in your Twitter feed. Someone says, hey, you know, hey, I'm offering this course. I'm doing this. That means you're going to be clicking and heading to the website via a mobile platform. And, uh, you know, sometimes a website can be like, it's like, wow, oh, I love this on the, on the, on the desktop. And when you get on the, on the, on the, your smartphone or tablet, it's, it looks funky. Uh, how should people be, when, when they're doing that design, what considerations should come into play when understanding the mobile traffic? Yeah, sure. So there's all kind of tools out there that you can test the responsiveness, like how it scales uh, from tablet down to a smartphone, even down to the kind of smartphone or tablet that somebody is on. And then the good thing about most of the modern web design, well, I'm sorry, web building platforms, I should say, they all kind of include kind of responsive mobile design. Um, so it's very easy to make your site mobile. I can't think of the exact Google tool that there is. So I'm sure you can just Google it, <laughs> actually. And it'll tell you everything that you need to do to actually fix your mobile design of your website. So. Mm. And so when you're looking at your URL, that you're going to be paying for for your uh, website what should people be thinking of because i know what our website of course you know ours is tdg.education and part of that decision was we are a digital education company and tdg was like the initials of the first company name, but it's like when you're going through that list, some of them dot codes and dot infos and, and all the things you look through some of those prices. I'm like, afford it. What? <laughs> uh, so I had, I, I, so part of, you know, my uh, decision was sort of based on price of it. And because we were doing this and it was from Google, we were also looking at, you know, Google for business in terms of the email account and all of that goes into that. So when people are beginning that process of thinking of that URL and how this is going to be sort of when people search, this is what they're going to be searching or this is what they're going to be typing in and how that's going to work with the website. What should be people be thinking of when doing that? I always um, recommend short and sweet because you got to think about like, I don't know, maybe you got some radio time or maybe you're on TV and you can't actually display the actual website's name. You have to say it out loud. So if people, are people going to grab it instantly? Is it hard? Are you going to have to spell out letters? And just to try to keep it as simple as possible. So like if it had, your business has a long name, maybe you just abbreviate and like you did yourself, um, just use the, the, I'm sorry, the, <laughs> not acronym, but the abbreviation of your uh, business name. Then I also recommend always going, if you can, with the .com. Everybody is used to the .com. I know that there are really nice ones, funky ones coming out like .studio, .design, but most people, they're familiar with the .com. So even if you do buy a .xyz, and they have XYZ out there too, um, I would always recommend getting that .com and redirecting it back to the XYZ domain, or sorry, they call it a TTL, and I cannot think what TTL stands for, uh, but that's what they actually call that. Um, the last thing I would say um, is where you buy your domain from. Google domains, I always recommend them because they have the best prices, and 
your uh, privacy protection is in there free. If you go through a site like GoDaddy, they'll charge you for the domain and they charge you extra for the privacy protection. And all the privacy protection is doing is shielding your personal information off the internet. So no one can contact you or send you letters and call your phone number and stuff like that. Mm. What I also love about Google is if you go with, uh, after purchasing the URL and then you do the domain and then you go into say, Hey, I'm going to go with Google for, for business, which, which can cost you five, $6 a month. Uh, you get the email services with that along with the Google admin console and all this stuff, mm -hmm. but you can actually call Google and get somebody on the phone, which with a free Google account, you just gonna have to be, you gonna be, <laughs> you got something going on with your stuff. You just out of luck. You, you have to try to email, not email. You had to try to get them on Twitter or something. Hey, what's going on? This is going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can't contact anybody. Right. Mm -hmm. I, I, so having, I love being able to literally, you know, go into a Google domain console and go help. And of course, there's these little steps you can go through, but they'll also say, you, you know, to call, here's a phone number and you call some and get somebody on the phone. So that's another advantage. I like actually going with Google domains. So here's the thing I think people don't understand when it comes to, to a business because they get caught up in okay, you know, website, check, I got to do this, check, I do whatever. And they sort of go through whatever they're going through, but they don't think about the investment they need to either make in themselves to get better at their craft, to become an expert at the craft, to become more well-known, or the expert in the businesses in terms of, you know, what I may pay for, for MailChimp or ConvertKit, et cetera. Uh, how are you investing in your business and what moves should an entrepreneur be making to always uh, stay ahead of the market? Um, so I always recommend reading. That's probably like one of the cheapest things out there that you can do um, is read. And I mean, even if you go to your local library and I'm hearing that even that you can get audible for free or something like that, your local library and just different tools like that to help you just read. I find that um, me listening to an audio book is you know, better than me kind of actually reading a book because I can listen to it while I'm working on another project. Also recommend doing things on Udemy or LinkedIn Learning. Um, I can't think of another one that's out there, but LinkedIn Learning is a really good one, a good tool to kind of just stay fresh on your skills and keep updated. And then you also have to realize when it's time for you to delegate. Um, is it time for me to hire maybe an assistant so I can get some of these smaller tasks off of my plate? And so I can move on to the next big thing or keep moving forward. So delegation is also a part of that, investing in yourself and the business actually on that. Mm. And in making that investment, when should people, and I know some people are like, I want to do this on the low. I want to do this on the low. I don't, I don't want to pay nobody to do my website. So I'm going to get out there and play around this myself. And of course, there's different people out there creating websites where someone can say, oh yeah, I can do your website for $100. Or some people say, I can do your website for $1,000 or $5,000. 
how, how should people know? Like, I guess if, if, if you work as a graphic designer or you work in programming, you have a degree uh, in computer science, I'm assuming you know how to put together a good website. There's marketing aspects of the website that you have spoken about they may not know. But, you know, in terms of the wireframing and stuff, I'm assuming they know what they're doing. But for the average person who says, hey, I'm going to get out here and do this, should they immediately think I need to make the investment of, of hiring a professional web designer to do my website? Or do you think it would be okay for them maybe the first three months of business, see what they can do? What should they be doing? You know, it really just depends on where that person is financially and if they actually created a business plan and they actually have a budget for what they're looking at. So um, just take, for example, an e-commerce boutique. Like, you know, you got to buy inventory, you know, you need a website, which is one of the most important parts of having an e-commerce shop online. So you really have to just sit down and budget for what you need. And you're asking, okay, well, how do I budget for a website? So just about any site you go on at the bottom right-hand corner of the screen is going to be the person that designed your website. So you look at other people that's in your industry, who are they using to design their websites? Maybe choose like two or three sites and get that, you know, get the vendor's information who designed that website. Then from there, you can kind of compare and see what the average price range people in your industry are paying for their website. And they help you determine a budget for that. And so, I mean, you can, um, you know, do it by yourself if you just cannot find the money in your budget. But I always recommend going that right, sorry, route because it's so much. I mean, it's so overwhelming. I could not imagine not knowing any of the stuff I know right now and trying to start a business and trying to do the, the website design and graphic design, even the copywriting by myself. It's just way too much. And so I always tell new business owners, like, you have to plan and budget for your business accordingly. You can't just say, well, I'll do that and I'll do that because it takes time away from what you need to be doing and things you love about your business and why you started that business. Mm. That's, a, that's a nice gym right there. Nice gym. <laughs> uh, so before we go, what is your advice for those uh, entrepreneurs who honestly, they put more emphasis, more effort on Instagram than they do on their website and how can listeners to this podcast work with you? Yeah. So um, in the music industry, there is a new thing talking about own your masters, own your masters, okay? So the thing is, and even real estate, you want to give that example, Instagram, Facebook, we don't own any of that stuff, but it gives us awareness about our businesses. The main goal of that, those platforms are to get people back to your website. And we talked about having an email opt-in and getting those same followers on from um, social media on your email list. So that way you can contact them at any time because we know how Instagram does. Like you post something, they don't show it to people till three days later. You got 50,000 followers and maybe uh, 10,000 of them actually see your post. But your email list, when you send that email out, they're going to get that unless it goes in spam folder. But that's a whole other conversation how you can avoid that business as well. Um, so that's my main thing. Like it's okay to use those platforms. Forms, but remember, the end goal is to own your own land, which is your website, and get people mm -hmm. to go to it. Um, and lastly, if you want to work with me, you can visit my website, which is carmenk.com. And if you want to uh, talk with me on socials, it's I am Carmen K on everything. That's all right. That's all right. Thank you, Carmen, 
for coming on and dropping the gems today. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Now, people, you know how I do this. This podcast episode will be on Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Simplecast, Stitcher, and Spotify. I need you to subscribe, follow, uh, leave your comments. I love the stars, but your boy's trying to get some comments and reviews because I'm trying to get Oprah on the show, and I want her to know that I'm doing big things around here. Again, I'd like to thank my guest, Carmen Kendrick, for coming on today and sharing her expertise. And I want to thank you again for checking out another episode of the Dr. Will Show. As always, people, invest in you. EDU, peace.